Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our stuff, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sound of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a blog spot, and I'm on your way go. We invading airwaves. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airways right now, and we have another live action-packed Friday show for us to get through tonight. Later on, around the... 8.45 mark. I got my man Bo Pinto back in studio. His first time being in the Maximum FM studios, that is. So we're going to re- recap on uh, what we've uh, been up to in the last couple of years since his last appearance on the show. We also got to talk about a whole bunch of things. We got to talk about Takashi 6ix9ine. We got to talk about the Toronto Raptors. We got to talk about a whole bunch of things. But before we get into the meat of things, you already know how we do at the beginning of each show, man. I got some stuff to get off of my chest as per the usual. So with that being said, it is time to let let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Indeed, indeed. So I did mention the Toronto Raptors, and with that said, um, I want to point out that I finally got a chance to watch the Carter Effect. Now, for those of you guys who are not familiar with that, the Carter Effect is a one-hour documentary that was premiered at uh, TIFF last year. So if anyone has been interested in TIFF or, or that particular film specifically, then you'll know that each and every day that it was out for its release, it was sold out. Day after day after day, you try calling after 7 a.m., tickets sold out. I don't know how that's possible. Even if you try waiting in line to see if you get some last-minute tickets, still sold out. So me being the Raptor fan and Vince Carter fan that I am, I was disappointed that I did not get to see it during its runtime in TIFF. I was hoping that maybe it may get the Netflix treatment, something, I don't know. But the good folks at Uninterrupted had it on their website available for rental for a limited time only. Uh, so you can rent it right now uh, until they say otherwise for about four bucks. So I said, well, whatever, four bucks, that's soft. So basically, I paid the four bucks, saw the movie twice, and I liked it. I liked it a lot, man. Um, it just brought up that nostalgia of being a young Raptors fan growing up. And if you guys are you know, within the same age group as me, then you've probably seen the Raptors play ever since they debuted in the league in 1995. Technically, they were established as a team in 1994, but their inaugural season was 95. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, as Raptor fans, you already know that We've had some tough times as Raptor fans, man. We had some tough times before Vince got by. Now, don't get me wrong. We had a few bright spots here and there. Damon Stoudemire proved to be one of the better uh, first, second-year players in the league at that time. He was the rookie of the year that year. But it still wasn't enough to get over the hump. We had a young T-Mac at the time. Still wasn't enough. He was just a rookie coming straight out of high school. It just wasn't enough. And then our guardian angel came. And I'm talking about Vincent Lamar Carter. And he just took over everything and that documentary is basically to let people know that without Vince Toronto as a basketball culture wouldn't be wouldn't be where it's at right now and there's so many things that he influenced in and outside the city like he made it cool to be from Toronto where Toronto is just another random city in Canada but now you see that it has this 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 growing fan base of basketball fans has grown over the last 20 years or so because of Vince's domination within the city of Toronto. I mean, he got the Raptors to their first ever playoff berth. He got the Raptors, you know, some much needed notoriety. He got them on national television for the first time so people could see what the city is like from a basketball standpoint. And then, of course, you know, the divorce between Vince and the Raptors wasn't the prettiest, no exact party was right or wrong like you could look at it either way I mean for me I feel like it's too easy to blame Vince as a scapegoat because he is the player but you also have to ask yourself well, what about management look at how they handled it they traded Vince away for virtually nothing basically so when you look at that when you look at an asset like Vince Carter you can't just give him up for free like you may as well let him walk in free agency when we got two uh, bench players Alonzo Mourning who retired but then re-signed with the Heat like months later after the fact and then, what, like a bag of rice after that? So I could go on for days about that, you know, 
transaction, if you will, but I won't because that'll take too damn long. By the way, no shout-outs to Rob, Rob Babcock. You are the worst GM in NBA history for that trade. I'm sorry. You're banned. Anyways, so that brings me to where we are today as Toronto basketball fans. The Raptors are enjoying, let's be honest, I think they're enjoying thus far, at least from a regular season standpoint, their best season ever. I mean, they're already at over 50 games, or sorry, over 50 wins, and we're not even hitting April yet. So I think they're well on pace to win 60 games this year. Mind you, playoffs is more important. Securing that number one seed is important. But if they, you know, put the cherry on top by getting 60 wins, cool. I'm all here for it. I'm more interested in playoff success. And I think this is the year where the Raptors have the opportunity to go to the finals. And I'm not just saying that as a Raptors fan. I think if you look at it logically, if you look at it with legitimate, you know, reasons and resources as to why you think they will, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, they're top five in both offense and defense, and usually most championship caliber teams are within the top five or at least the top ten in both of those categories. They have one of the strongest bench units in the league, and it, and it benefits them greatly because of the fact that most of those players came up under the Raptors' Nano 5 system, which is their developmental league. So outside of, uh, let's say, C.J. Mellis, for example, a lot of your guys on the bench are 25 and under, so they have a lot of youth and a lot of energy that they want to bring out. And then you have Miles himself who kind of Calms him down a little bit, brings a little bit of that veteran Zen presence, so to speak. So that's very important. You have DeMar DeRozan, who's in his prime right now. Kyle Lowry, who may not be in his prime, you know, unlike DeRozan, but still provides a lot as far as leadership is, is concerned. Two-way play. He's still one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Jonas Valanciunas, who was at one point in time trade bait, has now actually acclimated himself within the system. And then Serge Ibaka is kind of like our enforcer in a sense. So there's a lot of upside to this squad right now. Oh, and I have to say this, and you guys know me, man. I've never been a big fan of this person. I've always had some of a love-hate relationship with this particular person. But I will be the bigger man and say that Dwayne Casey has done an excellent job of coaching this team this year. Getting them to buy into this new system instead of ISO, ISO, ISO. It's let's share the ball. Let's let's spread out the floor. Let's space it a little bit. Let's go for some more three-point shooting. Let's turn DeMar into more of a playmaker for others. He got them to buy into that system when they could have said, nah, screw it. I got my money. I'm going to do me. But they're playing into a team fabric, and you couldn't ask for more. And I think... Personally, I'm not even just saying this as a Raptors fan, but again, looking at it, you know, logically, looking at it objectively, if you look around the landscape of the league, outside of maybe Mike D'Antoni, I don't see who else would be a better candidate for coach of the year, in my opinion. And I'd be the second Raptors coach in history to have gotten that award. Shout out to Sam Mitchell. So I think the Raptors' chances of getting to the finals have never been better than they are right now. It's just a matter of can they get it done? And a lot of people like to harp on their past playoff woes saying, oh, they have a great regular season, but they always fall flat in the playoffs. Oh, they got swept by Washington, you know, back in 2014 or 2015. But people fail to realize that that was three years ago. That was a completely different team. We're talking about only JV, Kyle, and DeMar being the only players from that squad from three years ago. You know what I mean? Like, a lot has changed since then. Look at Washington right now. They're still a middle-of-the-pack team, even though they have so much hype behind them for God knows whatever reason. Either way, I feel like you shouldn't judge them for the sins of their past because they don't look at all like those teams that have failed in the past, even last year as most recently. So my only concern is what are they going to do if they come into uh, a crosshairs with LeBron James because he has been the gateway towards the NBA Finals for the last eight years, no matter where he goes. So my fear is them running into him and what are they going to do if or when they run into him because the East goes through LeBron James. It doesn't go through the Cleveland Cavaliers. It goes through LeBron James. Let's just keep that in mind because he can turn any team into a contender. He could turn the Brooklyn Nets into a contender. That's how good or great, I should say, LeBron James is. But anyways, rounding it all off, The Carter Effect was a great documentary. It brought everything full circle. Um, it's great to see how Toronto has grown and evolved as a basketball city. It's still a hockey city, like let's be honest, but the basketball crowd has made themselves known. They've let their voices be heard. And that shows in every game that you go to and every game that you watch uh, in today's generation. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be a fan for, what, 23 years now and, and counting? So let's keep it rolling, man. I can't wait to see what they do come next month in April when the playoffs get started. And hopefully they can shut up all the naysayers. And, yeah. 
I'm here for him, man. But what do you guys think? Do you think the Raptors have a shot today? Or not today, but do you have, they, have, they have a shot, you know, this year as far as the NBA Finals are concerned? Hit me up on all, not all social media platforms, but as many as possible that you can find Cool Radio under. And we are now under the new at is at Cool Radio CC. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Coming up after the commercial break, I got my man Bo Pinto in studio. His first visit to Cool Radio in almost four years now. Jesus Christ, time flies. Uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. We're going to be talking about the presence of social media, you know, certain terms that are happening within this current decade as a result of that, and much, much more. But before we get to that, we got to get to some music. This one is from my man Jay O'Shine, and it is called Blind. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Now, as promised, I do have my guest for the evening. Now, this gentleman is no stranger to the halls of Cool Radio. The man was here back in 2014 when we were doing our show back at UTM. But fast forward, it is now 2018. The man has grown and matured both physically and mentally as well. He's opened up multiple businesses that, that are working well within his favor, just teaching people all the secrets of what he has known you know, for the very for the very longest time and training others to be better, uh, to be the best versions of themselves, rather, I should say, in all the fields that they want to pursue themselves in. And you can definitely call this gentleman an influencer of sorts. And that'll be one of the main things that we are going to discuss today. Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, my man Bo Pinto is in the studio right now. Bo, what what's up, good? What up? What up? Uh huh. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, man. <laughs> couple minutes i know right you know, you know two and a half you know give or take <laughs> <laughs> but uh what have you been up to uh since uh since your last appearance on cool radio man just expanding the business um you know helping more people build communities um amplify their voice mm -hmm. and helping more people earn money with their passions right you know, right um, right i went through a program like a business program recently that took my uh took my business and actually the government paid me to work on my business which was Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that really changed, turned things around. Um, and now, like, my main focus is really I just I got more clear on what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. and my main focus now is really, like, like I said, building people, building communities with people and mm -hmm. and, and uh, taking people who had, you know, a strong passion and maybe just didn't have a voice for it and mm -hmm. giving them that voice that they deserve. Excellent, man. It's, it's funny you say, you know, building a community because, you know, there's an old African proverb that goes as followed. The wise build bridges and the fools build barriers, basically. So 100%. you definitely want to build the, the bridges for people to, you know, come and go and what have you to kind of exchange ideas with one another. So mm -hmm. glad to see that, that you're on that track, essentially. 100%. Now, as we continue on, I'm going to want you to kind of pull in closer to the mic. That way everyone can ah, hear ah, your, ah. your wonderful ah, voice. There you there go. go. There you go. Because <laughs> I want them to absorb all that knowledge that you're going to be kicking today. You know <laughs> what right, I mean? All right. You got it. All right. So, you know, a lot of what's predicated in this current decade that we're in right now has been based on social media. Mm -hmm. So in your opinion, in your eyes, you know, a how, you know, how much has been influenced by social media in your take? Well, I think it just changes the, the dynamics of how we share information, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, media in general, it was generally controlled by, you know, a couple few people, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, you got the top five people, you got CNN, you got Fox, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And, you know, a lot of even like CP24 that we have in, in Toronto, a lot of mm -hmm. that is just trickled down from those big media companies. It's right. owned by a select few people. Mm -hmm. And with that media power, it was just that was what was controlling so many people, you know, controlling so many minds, controlling so many communities and affecting the way people see themselves, mm -hmm. the way they see other people. And for the first time, social media has given that opportunity to regular average people mm -hmm. to have that power back right. and to share the truth about things. And it's opening people's eyes like crazy. So mm -hmm. people are now becoming more conscious right. far more quickly. So it's really powerful. In other words, they're staying woke. <laughs> they're staying woke, man. That's exactly it. 100%. Right, right. And, you know, one thing that you said um, – you know, one thing you basically just said right now is that media does control the narrative. Like, it, it constructs reality right. is, is what they say. So do you think that it's good that now that we have social media for, like, the average or the average Jane, so to speak, do you think it's good that, like, their voices get to be heard about what they feel about a particular thing rather than it being force-fed by, like, a major network that may tell them to think a certain way because of their political ties, for example? I mean, it goes both ways, right? Like, mm -hmm. you give power to the average person to have their own media and... 
you know, they could run amok. There's some idiots out there. <laughs> let's oh, be yeah. honest. You know, yeah. I'm not putting myself above them. I'm cough, just cough, saying, time, like, Yeah, exactly. Right. There's some people out there, right? Right. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, and there's a lot more now. We have to we have to filter a lot more now, mm-hmm. right? But at least we have access to information that we we can we can make that decision now. We can make we can use critical thinking to decide what is right because we at least have more choices now. Right. Exactly. And um, one thing that I've noticed, I think a lot of people have notices as well when it comes to social media like there are a lot of pros but i think there's just as many cons you know uh when it comes to social media you know basically so what do you feel like has been the biggest con of social media in your eyes i'll tell you right now the biggest con with social media is that people get on there and they assume that it's not real life Right. right. They they enter social media as like a virtual reality. Right. Right. And then they, they start living their lives on social media. And now the problem with that is that the part of our brain that actually controls empathy mm-hmm. is based around being able to see someone's eye movements, their body language, their mm-hmm. hearing, their vocal tone and things like that, mm-hmm. which you cannot get on social media. Right. So what happens is people interact with each other and they're basically just using the reptilian part of their brain to interact with each other. Right. So you basically have a bunch of savages that are just <laughs> talking to each other and, 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 and creating like massive, massive hate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you, and, you know, I get a lot of that online. I mean, I've, I've been doing this for five years now. I've seen my fair share of haters mm-hmm. and these people come to me and they see me in person and it's all friends and family at that point right right it's all different because when they see me in person they actually see my face they see how i react yes and they actually have empathy and they can feel it right like when you actually look at my face if i make a scared face mm-hmm. your even if it's a micro expression your you have mirror neurons in your brain that will actually activate your face will quickly do the same face mm-hmm. and then you will physically feel the emotions that I'm feeling, right? right? So without having that on social media, uh, you know, you're getting a lot of people like having really weird arguments. And that's why, you know, when I have an argument with someone on Facebook, I just let them know. It's my policy that I do not argue on Facebook. Right. If you have a problem with me and you want to argue about it, fine, but FaceTime me. Yes. I want you to see my face. I want you to hear my voice. Mm-hmm. I want you to see my body language. And I want to do the same for you so we can have real empathy mm-hmm. and we can be real human humans with real social connections mm-hmm. um, that and that's the reason why we're powerful as beings right now is because of our social connections that's what got us to the top of the food chain that's what developed our intelligence the way we are so without that it can be a serious we're gonna have some serious problems if we're not bringing back our humanity into social media i'm gonna drop a cool drop on time for that Ooh. i love that that was gospel right there <laughs> that's that's a cool radio moment Jada right Lamb. there <laughs> now i love i love everything that you, that you just said right now and for me it reminds me of something that I've been, you know, telling people, like whether it be on my show or, or off camera, whatever the case may be. I always tell people that nowadays I feel like context is a rare commodity nowadays. People don't like to investigate into why something is the way it is. They just yeah. want to react the moment they see the headline. Yeah, and yeah. based on what you just said right now, do you feel like that's almost a byproduct of social media as well? Well, 100%. And, and here's, I'll tell you exactly what's happening is that there's people that are all around the world, mm-hmm. right? And when, when I'm having a conversation with someone and if I'm arguing with someone, I have no idea what that person is going through on the other end, right? Right. So if somebody's you know on the other end of the computer screen and you know their spouse is like physically abusing them and, and or, or verbally abusing them, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting here watching The Office, <laughs> right? I'm just chilling, laughing, you know, yeah. like joking around, and they're taking it mad serious, but I'm, la- I'm watching The Office, so I'm trolling them, yeah, right? Exactly. Not knowing that this person is going insane on the other end, right? right? And so when I tell people, I'm like, listen, and when it comes to social media, not everybody's not what not everything that everybody says is true, mm-hmm. but there's truth in everything that's being said. Right. Right. And you have to recognize that you're not with that person. You can't see their environment. You know, if you were with them, you would know. But when they're in a completely different place, it's our job to just recognize that mm-hmm. and say, hey, like outside of social media, let's get on a FaceTime. Let's get on a call. Let's meet up in person. Right. Right. I've ended so many Facebook arguments just by being like, hey, let's meet up. And the person goes, ah, forget it. I'm done. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe they're just a little bit scared or intimidated. Like, yeah, let's oh. meet up, dog. Like, you know? <laughs> but that's not what I mean. I actually mean like it's just it's important that we we recognize that. Let's be in the same place, you know, mm-hmm. if we're going to have these conversations. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, do you feel nowadays because we're essentially in the prime of social media, it seems like. Do you mm-hmm. feel that 
you know, the market has been oversaturated in terms of like different apps that you can go on to or this app being very similar to another app. Like, for example, Snapchat and Instagram now having stories essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Like almost every app is kind of like formulating with one another in that regard. Do you feel that it's kind of been oversaturated at that point because of things like that, for example? I mean, to a certain capacity, each platform is like its own country, right? It's got its own culture. It's got its own community. It's got mm-hmm. its own, you know, diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, uh, it's the it's the platforms and the companies with the biggest amounts of money mm-hmm. that are going to be dominating no matter what because they have the the tools to research human behavior. They mm-hmm. have the the ability to promote themselves. They have the ability to you know make influence and things like that. So when people say, "Oh, they got this new thing called Vero coming out," and it's like you know this ad free social media for the for the, and you know it's totally free for the first million people. I'm like, yeah, but mm-hmm. you know. Do they have billions of dollars? Yeah. No, they do not. Mm-hmm. Right. So, are they going to be able to compete with Facebook? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a small group of people, and the masses are not going to catch on. Right? right. Generally, the people will go where the money is, and that's just how it is. And you look at Snapchat; mm-hmm. it's lost a lot of it's lost a lot of people. Yeah. And, and they're <laughs> not able to compete. They should have just taken their billion dollars and ran, but they didn't. Right. right. They tried to be independent, and now look at Instagram; they're literally copying everything that Snapchat's doing. Basically. Right. So it, they're, they're diminishing the value of it completely until eventually everyone's gonna be like what's snapchat yeah. when people say, send me snapchats i'm like what are you doing like why are you sending me a snapchat <laughs> like, you know like someone's like did you see my snapchat story i was like no nah. one saw your snapchat <laughs> story i'm like they watched their own snapchat story yeah. and that's why they accidentally got the view on yours right after i'm like but that, that you didn't get those views i hate to tell you, you right know? right right and you know that new update that they have didn't really help neither i'm just saying yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even a huge snapchat user but like i noticed it online i'm like oh well, now you're giving me even more reason not to go to my app now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, one more thing before we go off to the next segment. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, when you see somebody face-to-face, you, know, you, you gain empathy, basically, because you mm-hmm. can see their reaction. You can see them. You can interact with them and what have you. Mm-hmm. And because of social media, like the con, as, as to what you're saying, we lack that empathy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, and this just came into my head as we were talking, do you feel that that same logic can apply to dating apps as well? Oh, a hundred thousand percent, a hundred thousand percent. You know, you look at guys who like, you know, send like, these dick pics yeah. to girls <laughs> and whatever. Like, you would never just whip it out in the middle of, of a date, course. right? Yeah. I mean, some people would, right? But yeah. you know, and they say stuff to girls like, "Oh, you this and that and whatever," and like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this to you and that to you." Yeah. And then they meet up and they don't do anything because they're scared. They're right. Not, they're course. not actually being. They're not being serious about what they're actually saying mm-hmm. because again, there's no empathy there, and and th- their brains are saying something knowing that they don't have to actually recognize what that person is actually feeling. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, and, and I see it all the time where guys will say to girls like, you know, uh, oh, hey, what's going on? And they don't respond in the first two minutes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, F you. And, yeah. and you know, <laughs> you were the, a B anyway and yeah. this and that, right? <laughs> and it's like, well, and you're, and you're fat and anyways. I'm like, what, <laughs> like, what are you talking about, bro? First of all, right. you're the one who said she was hot in the first place. Yeah. And second of all, like, I dare you to say that to her face. Of course. Right? And I dare you to say that to her face or in front of your mother. Yeah. Say the same thing if, while your mother's listening. You yeah. jerk. Have that <laughs> same know? energy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come with the same energy, bro. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. Like, at the end of the day, he ain't a crook, son. He's a shook one. That's all yeah, it goes 100%, down to. 100%, <laughs> Yeah, no, dating has gotten really weird because of that lack mm-hmm. of empathy. And, um, and, you know, and, and also people have just become so much more disposable, right? It's like, you know, it's a swipe left and it's a swipe right. There you go. And, it, and uh, you know, it's just become a game for people, right? And, you know, with social media, I find that, you know, we get so many people. There's so there's so many people that we're being have, having access to that, you know, people are developing these relationships, but they're so shallow, right? right? No one's willing to go deep uh, into like a monogamous relationship anymore because they're scared. They're scared and they're overwhelmed. There you go. Right? people are not able to have the depth of what and to, to feel what true love actually is yeah because they're so busy being on to the next one on to the next yeah. one and on to the next one or they want to be savage before somebody becomes savage to them essentially yeah, exactly. so it's all it's it's all a pride thing you know both on for the male side and the female side as well as what i've noticed yeah. everyone's more obsessed with being the savage and not being burned rather than you know allowing yourself to be vulnerable because I think that's the bravest thing in the world to do, allowing yourself to be yeah, vulnerable 100%. with somebody that you're comfortable with and what have you. And I wish that we had more of that to some capacity, you know, and I try to be an example of that on my social media, mm-hmm. you know, just being 100% myself.
myself, you know? And, like, when people see me on social media, it's the same way I am in person, you know? Right. I'm just saying, like, you know, hey, I'm not perfect. You know, I don't have a – this is not my BMW. I'm standing beside it. This is my right. mom's rent. That's the money I'm holding, there you, you go, know? Like, I'm just being honest about <laughs> yeah. that, you know? Yeah, man. It's all about, you know, just uh, having some sort of uh, – uh, just be open just be open in general i would say basically just being a blank canvas remembering in a sense. your humanity you there know? you go man there you go but we are going to get into the games portion of the show i can't yeah. remember if we did this when we you did were it. here we, no, did? we did it. okay remember, okay yeah, cool all point. right i'm excited all right then so the first game we're going to get to get into rather is called cool or uncool <laughs> there we go yeah so in this game right here I'm going to list off a few scenarios as we have the good sounds of Dickable Plants playing in the background entitled Cool Like That. Because, you know, cool nice. radio, cool like that. Yeah. Hey. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, in this game, like as I mentioned, you know, just for a refresher for you and anyone listening right now, I'm going to list off some random scenarios. And you're going to tell me if they are cool or uncool. And right. feel free to uh, give me some dialogue as to why it's cool or okay. cool. Okay, I like this. All right, then. So, on that note, let's get to it. So first thing, thirst traps. Cool or uncool? <laughs> uh, uncool. Uncool. Uncool, man. Uh, you know, uh, I just find it so like, an, I get people use Instagram as their dating profiles now. You know, it seems like, like it. Yeah. It's like you know, they just they get the attention, they drive it in, and it's like, and then it's they get this false sense of accomplishment from it. You know, and it's right. like, okay, great. You know, good for you. You're attractive. Yeah. Clap it up. You right. know, I don't care. Like, how are you in person? What's your, what are you, how's your personality? What do you, what's, what's your real life like? You know? Exactly. Because looks can only get you so far. But, like, if you yeah. don't really have much of the personality department, then you're basically running on borrowed time at that point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's all it is. 100%. Uh, <laughs> Snapchat filters. Cool or uncool? Uncool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> go ahead. Bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dude, in. these Snapchat filters drive me nuts. Because, you know what it is? It started off as fun. And right. everyone was like, oh, this is so fun. I look like a dog. Right? right, right. But now it got to the point where it's just, it's the average picture that people take. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. People become so insecure with how they look. And instead of being like the, their authentic self, they can go on social media, put on a Snapchat filter, and all of a sudden they look cute. Right. I'm like, man, no one's going to recognize you in person if right. you don't have a dog nose on you. <laughs> like, or like, or like a wreath of flowers or something yeah, like that. Man. And it's like, listen, it got, it, at one point it was like, okay, some people I can tell they're doing it because they're having fun. Yeah, right? they're just joking. You know, if it's you're just like cool. wearing the space suit or whatever, if you're wearing like, like a cowboy some, hat, cowboy hat, yeah. okay, you're having fun. But if every single picture you have has a Snapchat filter on it, yeah. you're insecure. Bro. Oh, yeah. You're insecure and it's blatantly obvious. Oh, yeah, clearly, clearly. Like if all I see are like Snapchat selfies, it's like, okay, I can't see where this is going. Yeah, and on to the next. <laughs> Honestly, bro. Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> the Snapchat update. Cool or uncool? <laughs> Beats me, bro. I don't even use Snapchat anymore, so I wouldn't even be able to tell you. All right, then. On to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn. Cool or uncool? LinkedIn is mad cool. Okay, okay. LinkedIn's cool, you know? And I, I, I always said, like, you know, if you really want a good dating site, go on LinkedIn. Because <laughs> right? at least you know the girl's got a job. <laughs> you know, like... Like if I want, if I'm gonna date someone, I need to see your work experience. Right, you know right. What I'm like, like before I dated my girl, right now, I made sure she was doing well. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I checked her LinkedIn profile. You know, like saw what her education was. You oh, know, man. so uh, yeah, LinkedIn very cool, um, especially for dating. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, ooh, the Infinity War trailer. Cool or uncool? The what? Infinity War. Avengers: Infinity War. Oh, okay. Uh, Cool. I'm gonna give it cool, okay. and simply because um, uh, superheroes are dope. Right, right. <laughs> Speaking of another superhero, Black Panther, cool or uncool? Very friggin' cool, man. I think Black Panther is actually real. It's yeah. just This is their way of like slowly letting us know uh -huh. that there's actually <laughs> this like secret African tribe. Right, right, that's right. Like, that's actually like super advanced. And I'm trying to book my flight as we speak. <laughs> Dude, well, the truth. My my theory is uh -huh. that. This Wakanda actually exists. Okay. And that if they were to have just told us outright, everyone would freak out and panic. So they're like, let's make it into a movie right, first, right, right. ease them into it. Right. And then eventually <laughs> we'll let them know. And and very smart of these Wakandan people to do that. Of course, of right? course. Of 
course they're so advanced they know how to they know how to exactly do they're putting the shroud over us already as we speak <laughs> exactly. but we're on to them though Tim for hat and everything <laughs> all right so let's get into the second game this one's always a classic right here this one is called i'd quit the game and it goes a little something like this every second every minute man i swear that she can get it now in this game you are living in an alternate universe keyword alternate universe <laughs> All right. where you are the eligible bachelor okay. so you are wheeling dealing kiss stealing jet flying limousine riding all that good stuff I mean I still am I just do it with my girl right now oh of course of course <laughs> of course in the real world you do but in the alternate yeah. universe it's a the different alternate. story okay cool right gotcha. it's, almost, it's almost like a black mirror reflection right gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> however in everyone's life male or female you gotta quit the game so you gotta settle it down move it to the white home with the white picket fence with a tire swing Apple pie cool on the windowsill. <laughs> Spud McKenzie looking dog. All that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you were to quit the game for one of these two ladies I have handpicked in the celebrity world, okay. who would you quit the game for? <laughs> would you quit the game for Eva Mendez or Lupita Nyong'o? Uh, is that with the woman from uh, Black Panther? Yes. Oh, damn. That's a good question. There is no wrong answer in this one. No, I know. I know. Um... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I what's the, what was the girl's name again? The second one? Uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita. I, I think I probably like fall in love with Lupita because okay. just like you know her soul. You know what I mean? Like, right, I feel right. Like I would connect with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one, man. You wanna go I that way? Okay. Fly, don't get me wrong. Right, like, right. God bless her, but yes. You know, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I'm on the Black Panther vibe right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That was the proper answer. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, like, they're they're both dope women. Like, But, yeah, I'm on that Black Panther wave right now, and Lupita just seems like a dope person to hang around with. And just kind of Exactly. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. No doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, I still got my man Bo Pinto in studio right now. We're going to go to a commercial break. And leading into the commercial break, speaking of Black Panther, we may as well play a record from that Black Panther soundtrack, which is absolutely bonkers this record right here is from Kendrick Lamar featuring SZA and this one's called All the Stars and it's only on Cool Radio when we come back we do have Trip Talk so keep it locked yeah uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still got my man, Bo Pinto, in studio. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man. And it is that time of the show where we like to get to, man. It is called Trip Talk. So that's three topics. We're going to talk about three of the hottest topics that happened within pop culture this week. And with that being said, let's get to it. So Takashi69 is one of the newer artists that's popped up on the scene as of late. And, you know, as much as his music has been popping within his, like, circles and what have you there's also been some controversies that have been popping up as well so this week uh he got into it with the game okay so Takashi has been known to be, you know, a member of the Blood Gangs, and but he's also been a, an alleged member of the Crip Gang too. So Game took exception to that and said, "You're a fake Blood, basically." And we all know Game's resume; he has promoted the whole Blood Gang culture for the last what, fourteen, fifty years uh, that he's been in the music industry. So he called him out on it, and he called him out on it via social media, which is kind of funny because I feel like. Gangsters gotta do that in person. That's just my personal <laughs> yeah. opinion. You know what I mean? Because can't be called somebody an internet gangster, but then do all your threatening on the, on the <laughs> internet. I, that's another story. That's another story. I'm just saying. And then YG also kind of got into the discussion as well and kind of called him out over on social media as well. And it's interesting because uh, Takashi Six Nine was on the Breakfast Club today and was being interviewed by the whole by the whole squad about. His gang affiliations, his controversies, why he gets himself into controversies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And basically, he was very dismissive about it and said, "I don't start anything, you know. I just do me. You know, I address the drama, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Um, Bo, what do you what do you think about Takashi Six Nine and his antics as of recent? Based well, on all first, that? I just want to touch on the the game saying that because first of all, uh, I saw that post and. The, I don't know. I could be wrong, but from uh -huh. what I remember, I believe that the game's parents were both Blood and Crip. Yeah, like mom yeah, and dad true. were Blood and Crip. That's true. Yeah. Like, first of all, who are you to talk about switching sides? Yeah. Like, you, came from a, <laughs> you, you you were born from a group of people, and 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 
if the game's listening, then my bad dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want that energy. I don't want that energy. <laughs> no problem, you know? but, um, but, you know, like, really, who is he to say? And then on top of that, he was saying something about, uh, you know, uh, him being a rapist and stuff like that. But uh-huh. Takashi cleared that up and said it wasn't – he never raped anybody. Right. It was just, like, a misunderstanding as far as, like, you know, he was making a video the way he always was. Yeah. And there was somebody in the room that was underage that right. he didn't know. And uh, it, it got considered, like, a, a sexual video because yeah. of what she was wearing. Right. Um, and so be- based on that, he had to like plead guilty in order yeah. to, to, to avoid, a, you know, a certain amount of uh, jail time. Exactly. Um, yeah. But like, you know, I think the game just also gets off on like trying to call people out and make himself look big and whatever. Um, but as far as Takashi goes, man, like he he's just an, a, a sucker for attention, man. That, that dude, like, he, I mean, at the same time, though, he's smart. You know, like he's smart because he mm-hmm. knows how to get that attention. Right. He walks around with rainbow hair, 69s all over his face, right? right? So, as much as we're out here, like being like, ah, oh, that guy's a, a sucker and he's this and that, like mm-hmm. we're talking about him, you know what I mean? Like he's getting the attention. Yeah, so. he, he's definitely getting the attention. But I feel like, you know, kind of what we we're alluding to before when it comes to social media and the ills of social media, I feel like this is one of those examples basically because I feel like he's just being like a walking billboard for attention right yeah. now. And like that can only get you so far. Like yeah. what he's doing right now as far as the antics go and like other artists like little Zan, like all these little trap babies running yeah. around and stuff like that i feel like their careers have a shelf life because once yeah. their shtick you know gets tired and and ran through and what have you yeah then what that like what's your next go-to you know what i mean it's all antics it, that's right? that's all it is it's all antics it's all being a poppy show at the end of the day mm-hmm. it's just like all you're gonna have to rely on is your music and if your music isn't as noteworthy as some people say it is or it doesn't really hold any weight then you're just gonna be you know somebody that could have been or has been or whatever the case may be so i feel like with this guy and like other people like him who are currently in music right now i feel like they need to get their act together Mm. one thing i will say about takashi though is that like you know some of these other guys like you know these mumble rappers and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. you can't understand a word these dudes are saying you know definitely not um but when i was in calgary for like a month i was listening to day 69 his new album Mm -hmm. and uh you know honestly i listened to that and i felt like the hardest dude out like (laughs) i mean i mean just walking down in calgary like i already felt like the hardest dude out you know yeah yeah of course calgary Calgary. um but like uh, listening to that song, like there was certain things in that song that he makes you just go like, "Oh, that's hard, bro." Like, right. there's one line that he has where he's like, "I put a hole in his head. He a dolphin." I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> tell us, man, bro." Put a hole in his head. He a dolphin. So like, you know, his music is um a little bit weird and it's mm-hmm. like kind of yelly and um sort of rock hip hop ish. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think he actually does care about the music to a certain capacity uh but he uses those antics to build his following and 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 uh, yeah i think you like you said there's a shelf life to that mm-hmm. yeah it's funny like you mentioned like that like how you're describing his music because me personally i've never heard his music before but i remember charlamagne was actually kind of comparing him to fragile star of onyx from like back in the day in like the early mm-hmm. 90s because he used to do like a lot of that yelling style of yeah, rap basically yeah. he's got a very harsh voice like Argh. right you know that, like, and then kind of trickled down to like dmx and he said dmx yeah. is one of his idols growing up so oh, okay I guess that's where he gets the inspiration from. Yeah, yeah. So I can't judge him on his music because I never heard his music. It's just like when I see the visage and the the persona and everything, I'm like, here we go, another trap baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, he looks like the the, the boss that you have to face at the end of all the SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's the final boss. I know, right? And then, like, he has like three health bars. He got to, (laughs) like, take down all three of them, use all the supers (laughs) and the combos, whatever. It's like up, up, down, up, up, down, B, A, B, A button. And then you got the Hadouken in there. (laughs) Yeah, he's a turbo controller. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) But, guys, what do you think, man? Do you think. Takashi should settle down a little bit or like do you think he's on the right path either way let me know hit me up on the comment section and any of the social media platforms that we have find us at cool radio cc on multiple platforms so whichever ones you can think of we're gonna be on there guaranteed uh next topic we gotta go into man we gotta talk about vivica a fox okay? okay now she put out a book recently detailing like some of the events that have happened in her life thus far and one of the events that she revealed was her relationship with 50 cent from uh, a few I, years yeah, back I that was coming yeah. yeah yeah you knew it was coming so basically one of the things that she really delved into was the sex life that she had with 50 Cent. Mm, and yeah. in her words, she said that the that the sex was, quote-unquote, PG-13. What? So 50 retorted back, and 50 is a king of trolling, in my opinion. Yeah. But 50 <laughs> had to retort back and say, you know, 
basically, and I'm paraphrasing, mind you, but basically he said, yo, this relationship ended like 14 years ago. Why are you still talking about it? Yeah. So I'm kind of analyzing. I'm like, I mean, on one end, it's a tell-all book, but on the other end, 50, as much as I don't agree with him for the most part, he's kind of right. It was 14 years ago. Yeah. But this coming from the King Petty himself, right? <laughs> so, Bo, what do you think about this scenario? Do you think it should have been something that she should have kept confidential or do you feel like she's kind of within her own right as far as writing a tell-all book is concerned? Well, I mean, if she's writing a story about her life, uh, if the first thing you said when you're like, Vivica A. Fox was writing a book about her life, I was like, did she mention 50? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like that's, I mean, so for her, like that's some, like one of the most notable things that has happened, right? Yeah. So for 50, like he's like, oh, that, like I've had plenty of things happen to me since then, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I think it's no- notable to tell, and um, I, I'm a little bit surprised because I, you know, I, I was under the impression that he had the magic stick. So <laughs> uh, I guess I, I guess she, he was right. <laughs> not magical enough, man. <laughs> no, not magical enough. No, I heard that Fifty actually records all of his sexual sessions uh, because he's afraid that someone's gonna say that he like you know like assaulted them or whatever. So he like makes them go on camera to do it. Really? Could, could be wrong, but that's I mean, that's if what he I heard. does make them go on camera, I assume that there has to be some sort of consensual agreement with that as far as like being on camera. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Because no, yeah. if not, then that could be used as like revenge porn, so to speak. True, true, true. Yeah, no, I think, I think maybe, I feel like maybe it might be like sort of a, a thing where they go up and say, Hi, my name is Jennifer. Yeah. And we're about to have sex with Curtis Jackson. I know, like, right? Like, and soul, body, you know? and mind. I, yeah. you know, maybe blah, they have blah, to blah. sign an NDA or something. I know, right? Too, like, like uh, what's his name? I think like I heard a rumor that Derek Jeter, like back when he was hooking up with girls, like he would make them sign like a waiver wow. saying this, that, and the third and then yeah after that yeah. you know after the races <laughs> i know i know i've heard drake does that too like he makes girls sign an nda before they have sex right but, but that's smart though like as yep. a celebrity that's smart because yep. there are gonna be so many people you know both men and women who are gonna try and take advantage of you all for the sake of profit yeah, and as far as like being 100 yeah as far as being like a male celebrity you know when it comes to women they're, gonna, they're probably gonna want to have sex with you and then you know they may record you while you're while you're sleeping or something like that yep, yep. or they may want to say oh you know me and him were dating or so and so so you you gotta bring out the heavy artillery, which is these waivers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's either that or you go sleep in the escort. And at that yeah. point, like it's all fair game, right? Yeah. In, in that in that context. I heard so. even like some of the escorts are needing to sign NDAs. And that's how I figured that out, because it was like an escort that Drake had hired. Mm-hmm. And again, pff, I'm just spitting rumors here. I don't know. Sure. I'm not Drake's friend. I don't know. Right. Um, you know, I'm from Toronto, so like I know Drake through a friend, right? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, through a friend of a friend. <laughs> everyone knows Drake somehow. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I heard that, like you know, she had did something like freaky with him or whatever, and then basically like she went and told everybody after she had signed an NDA. So mm. uh, who knows, man? Who yeah, knows? it's crazy. I mean, at the end of the day, like I feel like when it comes to Vivica, um, she has mentioned her relationship with Fifty on multiple occasions, like. This is probably the first time I've heard him mention it in, like, the last couple of years, in fact. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, I guess on one end, if, if, it, if it is a tell-all book like everyone else is doing nowadays, and, yeah, sure, that's one aspect of her life that, you, that you're going to mention. But at the end of the day, like, why is that the first thing that I'm hearing about when it comes to this book? Yeah. And it's because she knows that 50 is a hot commodity, yeah. you know, to a certain extent, and that it's going to sell. It's, yeah, just to yeah. sell. But on the other hand, it's just like, how invested were you in 50 for you to be continuously talking about it like it can't yeah. just be a marketing thing you know what i mean and maybe so. the sex wasn't as pg-13 as she's saying she's just maybe she's saying that so he'll try to prove himself again or you know to get his attention who, well, knows? who knows man it's just really confusing at this point because it's been a long time and it's just yeah. it's not like she she's not ugly or on a, like she's vivica fox like i i had woman crush wednesdays on her on a regular <laughs> basis man like yeah, yeah. she is fine as hell she is a fox yeah, in every yeah. sense of the word you know that's what that's i mean that's like that's even that's even still to this day i don't know how old she's maybe in like her late 40s or whatever but she still looks amazing you know what i mean yeah. i don't know if it's her personality that turns people off because that's kind of like a mariah carey thing because like every man she's been with has divorced her at one point or another right <laughs> so i don't know if that's the same thing with her oh uh, poor mariah uh, I don't know. More poor Nick, if anything. But I don't know, man. Like, she kind of confuses me. So if it's a personality thing that men can't really seem to grasp onto when it comes to her, then she needs to fix up, in all honesty. Because, like, personality is what what will really solidify your place in whatever aspect of life that you're in, essentially. Yeah, and I mean, it shows an aspect of her personality that she's, like, 
taking all of that private information and private intimate you know conversations that they had and, and yeah. making it public for the sake of selling a book you exactly know? Like, it's like you know if i if i got super duper famous and and you know i was with someone i would still hope that there would regardless of that there would still be some sort of secrecy there and privacy and what you know what happens between us stays between us you mm-hmm. know uh the fact that she's like opening up it's like damn i'm just glad i didn't have sex with a vivica a fox <laughs> not, not really but you know yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course of course <clears throat> Pardon me. but nonetheless ladies gentlemen what do you guys think uh hit me up on all social media platforms at cool radio cc and share your thoughts on the matter now final topic we gotta get into man we gotta talk about uh pharrell and robin thick so okay. the news came out earlier this week that uh what they tried to reappeal um the uh the case that they had in regards to their single uh oh god well, uh, blur lines there we go blur yes lines. Yeah, yeah. blur lines so basically they in 2013 um they were sued by the Marvin Gaye estate for about 5.3 million dollars because of the fact that or not the fact but because allegedly they did not clear a sample for their single blur lines mm. which is uh got to have it and basically if you listen to got to have it you listen to blur lines it sounds very similar like the chord the, the strings and instruments that are being played it sounds very similar so they alluded to um them you know sampling it without their permission so basically what happened was they tried to reappeal it and the verdict came out that you know the the verdict still stands that like and that they have to pay out 5.3 million dollars to the gay estate and on top of that 50 percent of royalties from that from that record goes back to the gay estate um so pharrell i believe he put out a statement can't remember exactly what he said in the statement but basically it's it Basically, just said that you know this now stifles creators within the music industry as far as you know what they can create and what they can't create, and you know what can be drawn as seen or sorry, what can be seen as inspiration versus sampling and what have you. Mm-hmm. And for Pharrell, from what I know of Pharrell, he's not really one on sampling as no, far yeah, as like other records. Very original, sound. very original sound, like the Neptune sound is what they call yeah. it essentially. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about this whole entire ordeal? Oh man, you know. I have a lot of respect for Pharrell, mm-hmm. um, not so much for Robin Thicke. Um, <laughs> I could give two, you, you know what? Him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I think Pharrell has always had a unique sound, and and I think Pharrell, out of anyone in the music industry, has mm-hmm. had a ton of respect for the music. Right, right. You know, if anyone has had respect for the art form, it's been Pharrell because sure. you know he's created some classics <laughs> for sure, and he's created you know some unique sounds that no one has ever done before. Mm-hmm. So to be the one guy, uh, the one of the most unique sounding artists to get, uh, you know, penalized for for sampling, it's kind of a shame. You know, mm-hmm. it's like oh damn, like. Um, but that being said. You know, um, Marvin Gaye still has the creative rights, right? I mean, like, if he is sampling that product and he is sampling that work, Mm -hmm. then it's there should be that respect given as well, right? Right, right. um, You know, and and Pharrell's been in the game long enough that he should know what the laws are on sampling, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't see why he couldn't have just figured it out and maybe, you know, uh, bought the bought the rights to, to use that and done right. it ahead of time. Right, yeah. and like it's it's weird because like as I said before, like he is not known for sampling and what have you. Yeah. And like even if he did want to sample it, I mean he has the money to pay for it. He's Pharrell Williams for goodness sakes, right? Yeah. And he's created some original music. He's not just a, a, a hip hop producer. Like he's produced outside of hip hop as well. Like he has his own punk fusion band for goodness sakes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. seeing sounds is one of the names of those albums from N E R D. Yeah. So it's just very like for me to hear this verdict is very disheartening because I'm a huge fan of Pharrell as far mm-hmm. as the sound that he's created. I feel like he's one of the top five producers all time in hip hop history. Like that's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, no, I agree with that. Yeah, but it's just like it's very hard to grasp on the fact that the verdict was still found guilty in the sense that they sampled that record basically. I mean, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to c- kind of hear that that session where he was creating that beat for Robin Thicke and for T.I. to hop on as well. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I really want to believe him and say that he didn't do it because like his record, his resume does not show any sample of any other original record. Like he'll is use he claiming that he didn't actually use that sample. Yeah, he's claiming that. Oh, okay. he's claiming that he didn't use that sample at I all. I would believe him, to be honest. I would too, man. That's why I just find this very hard to believe that he was found guilty of it in a yeah. sense. Because again, he's not someone who samples other records. That's can not. He, can he just like basically? open up the wave files though and just show them straight up like hey this is how i got each sound that's what i'm thinking like that's that would be the first thing that i would do if i were in his position i don't know if that's what he did 
Um, but I don't know, man. It's it's very hard to call right now because like mm. we don't really have all the details, right? I mean, yeah. for all we know, and not saying that he did this, but like he could have removed that sample from the file, for example. That way, there'd be no evidence of that. But true, it's true. I don't know, man. It's a sticky situation to say the least. I would say. Yeah, it sucks because those are two really great artists. To see that 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 sort of clash happening is uh, unfortunate. Exactly, and like just the way the the gay family kind of reacted to it during the whole during that whole entire ordeal. They almost sound as if that Pharrell victimized them in a sense, and like they're just kind of milky. I'm like, guys, relax. Like, I remember it's one of like the ploy for money. Yeah, yeah. And like, you're you're the children, the offspring of Marvin Gaye. I'm sure you guys got enough money in the bank. Like, yeah. one of the not even kids. Like, they're like in middle age, I would say. But one of them was like, oh. We are free from the shackles of blurred lines. Like, get wow. the hell out of here. Extra. That Hold is so on. Extra. No! No! Come on. No! No! Get out of no! here. Like, you made it sound like you're on 12 years of slave or something like that. Get out of here. Oh my All's God. my life I has to fight. Like, on some color purple bs nonsense wow yeah no no doubt yeah man but nonetheless ladies and gents what do you guys think about this do you feel as though the guilty verdict was the in fact the correct verdict uh given to the the reappeal of this case or do you feel like pharrell actually has you know some leverage on this either way hit us up on the handle at cool radio cc on multiple platforms to share your thoughts now it is time for the old school segment which i call Flashback Friday, and it goes a little something like this. Bam. And you guys already know, man. Hit me up on social media and let me know what you guys want to hear for the Flashback Friday track of the day. Now, this record right here, man. This record right here. Oh, boy. This one takes me back to, like, what, 1998? I think I was, like, 10 years old around that time. Jeez. But nonetheless, man, I, I want to get into it because I'm feeling in, like, an R&B mood, man. Whenever these two pair together... It was nothing short of magical. And I am talking about Aaliyah and Timbaland on the Ooh, yes. on the on the keys and boards. There we go. That's what I wanted to say. Nonetheless, this record is called Are You That Somebody? Nice. And when we get back, we do have our Wankster of the Week. Keep it locked. <laughs> this is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yo. Uh, yes, yes, yo. Are you that somebody? Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. I still got my man, Bo Pinto, in studio. Bo. Yes. And now we have come to the end of the show. And it's that moment you've all been waiting for, the segment that you've all been waiting for. So with that being said, let's get to it. <laughs> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster <laughs> This week's Wankster of the Week. It's a it's a local Wankster. I'm gonna say that. It's like we don't really have too many local Wanksters, but Wanksters arrive in all shapes and sizes, as you can see. So with that being said, the Wankster of the Week goes to an establishment known as Mission Possible Escape Rooms, okay? Oh, now, these guys, this, you know, mini conglomerates of sorts, they are located in Burlington, Ontario, all right? And the reason why they are getting the Wankster of the Week is because they have now opened a new escape room at their establishment, which is a called, sorry, which is called, and I quote, Escape from the Bronx, okay? <laughs> now, the title of it is already off-putting, and if, once you see the pictures, which I'll show you on my tablet very shortly, it's just going to ruffle you the wrong way. So when I saw that, I'm like, hmm, I wonder where this is leading to. Like, I already had some preconceived notions, but I just want to read for more of a contextual contextual basis, if you will, just to make sure that I'm not overreacting or anything like that. But nonetheless, I digress. So this is the description of Escape from the Bronx. And I quote, As you and your friends are on a road trip and traveling through an unfamiliar neighborhood, the most unfortunate thing happens. Your car breaks down. You're in a rough part of town so you must navigate through and figure out a way to restart your car or find an alternate route home 
Now, the key words, the buzzwords that they used were unfamiliar neighborhood and rough part of town. <laughs> and if that doesn't make your racist, um, your racist, uh, what was I going to call it? Your racist uh, feathers ruffle, so to speak. The photo that they use is just as amusing. So for the people who are listening live, you guys won't be able to see the photo. But if you do want to see the photo, uh, I've posted it on my Facebook page. I will post it on Twitter later on. Or you can go to the website directly, uh, missionpossibleescaperooms.com. All right? Now, this is a photo that I'm going to show to the YouTube audience once I post it later on YouTube. This is what it looks like, ladies and gentlemen. Notice if you see the people who are in that vehicle are all of the Caucasian variety. And while the people in the background are potentially people of color. But I'm going to show that to you right now, actually, that we can get a closer look. Now, if you guys were able to look at the title, the banner of it, I mean, it looks like a scene from Beach Street. In like 1982 Bronx, you know what I mean? Like, do they think that they're going to have a bunch of kids whip up the cardboard and start breakdancing all of a sudden? Like, this is some bullshit, all right? This is some absolute bullshit. Shout out to my homegirl, Shayna, who showed me this. She is a of the Caucasian variety who is down with the struggle. So, shout to her for using her white privilege for the, the greater good. Um, nonetheless, I mean, it's one thing to be unaware and I'm not somebody who gets surprised at racism. I just get fascinated at certain ways that it comes out nowadays. <laughs> and this takes me back to when H&M did the whole coolest monkey in the jungle thing with the black kid who was the darkest of melanin. Um, and I feel like this is, to a lesser scale, a prime example of that. Like... If it's a whole bunch of like 50-year-old white dudes in a boardroom trying to come up with the next great thing for their little business, you can't possibly say to yourself that this is a good idea or that this may or may not have implications. Yes, I get it. You guys are in Burlington, and I'm sure the majority of the population is white, but that shouldn't mean that you can't even think to yourselves that a person of color may want to enjoy themselves in this establishment. Now, this is why I say you need to have at least one person of color in these boardroom meetings. Not to fill out a quota for affirmative action, but for that person to be the, the voice of reason, in a sense, and tell you verbatim, hey, guys, listen here, token person of color. Um, I'm not saying don't do this because at the end of the day, majority rules and I get it. But I'm just saying that this may or may not end up well for you guys. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. What you guys do is on you. But I'm just saying, speaking for the people of color, that you may want to rethink this. And obviously, they didn't have that token person of color to uh, break it down for them. So this is what they're ending up with now. I wonder if this was a more local you know, establishment, you know, in terms of the, the locale of this, you know, escape room, you know, Bronx and what have you. What if this was somewhere more local? Like, what if it was Escape from Rexdale? <laughs> or Escape from Jane and Finch? Escape from Scarborough? Galloway. Es escape, thank you. Escape from Galloway. Escape from Regent Park. Escape from Grandavine. Escape from Falstaff. You guys know where I'm going with this. I mean, would they even do Escape from Hamilton at this point? Like, if this was somewhere that was a bit more central and localized, would they give this the same energy? I sincerely doubt they would. I mean, they wouldn't even have to do it at this point. They could just go over to those, those neighborhoods right now and see how they would fare. I mean, they don't know if they go to the Bronx and this would happen. Maybe somebody may give them, you know, a jump, you know, some jumper cables. Maybe somebody might give them a yeah. spare tire or a lift something or or maybe some gas. Man, you never know. <laughs> but no, you want to go with with the racial stereotype that blacks and Latinos are all game bangers and their baby mamas and their drug pushers, et cetera, et cetera, all because all oh, a bunch of suburban white kids in their 1980 Back to the Future looking ass poop tea. <laughs> you know, got pulled over in the wrong part of town. 
That would be funny though to see if somebody if like that was part of the escape room or it was like it was actually like a lesson in racism where like at the end yeah. a bunch of black dudes come out and they actually help you with the car. Right. And it's just like let me let me get that for you. They right? like, help you, they call you a cab and whatever, you know? Like, exactly. That would be interesting. That would be amazing. But I sincerely doubt that that is the case, ladies and gentlemen. No, no. And it's without reasoning that I give what were the names again? Uh, Mission Possible Escape Rooms in Burlington, Ontario, Canada, the wankster of the week. And this is a perfect example of when people say, there's no racism in Canada. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I just showed you racism in Canada. And this is even just the tip of the iceberg. It's not even the tip of the iceberg. This is just a flake of the iceberg. Yeah. But nonetheless, do they deserve this wankster? Hell yes, they do. And I'm going to give them that wankster just like this. Mr. Pinto, uh, your final thoughts on this uh, fiasco of sorts. I think if you really want to have something scary, put people in a, in a in a white trash trailer park. <laughs> you never see this. Broke white people are scary as hell, right? Because they got nothing to lose. <laughs> they got nothing to lose. Uh, so you know. Uh, you want to see talk about some 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 real danger? Maybe that would be some interesting concept. But no, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, I think worst case scenario, like you know, they might come out in the if you get your car broken down in the Bronx, you might get some really good deals on some shoes or like some you really good, know. you know some good quality like some good quality fashion and shirts that you won't be able to get. And, and you know what? It'll be available at like. Five in the morning because everything is open in the Bronx. There you, you go, know? man. So, you hit up a bodega of some sort. Yeah, man, that's a blessing. More than exactly. more than uh, more than a, a, a downside. Right, wrong part of town, my ass. Man. These <laughs> assholes, y'all some straight assholes for that. But nonetheless, we have come to the end of the show. So, Bo. Uh, thank you for coming through. You know thank you're you always having me, man. more than welcome to come through the cool radio anytime. It, uh, where can the people find you on social media? At Bo Pinto. Uh, mm -hmm. It's Bo spelt like beautiful, pronounced like bow tie. And Pinto, like the car, the bean, the horse. Yeah. Um, or you can check out my website, butterflyinfluence.com, if you want to grow your social media. There you go, man. There you go. Thank you for coming through to the show. Uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will not be on the air because it is Good Friday. So make sure you share your blessings with uh, the people that you love and all that good stuff. And if you're not of the Catholic or Christian faith, then no worries at all. But still keep on doing that anyway because we're all human beings at the end of the day. Um, Y'all can find me on social media at damn underscore cool specifically however if you want to be more engaged with the show then make sure you hit me up at cool radio cc on facebook twitter instagram youtube and soundcloud to catch all episodes that you may have missed before uh ladies and gentlemen once again thank you for listening and as always cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace, peace.